Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State were the only Big Ten teams picked to win the conference as voted by the annual preseason Cleveland.com media poll. The Nittany Lions, the Buckeyes, and the Wolverines were also the only Big Ten teams to finish ranked in the AP Top 10 to conclude the 2022 season. In fact, they were the only three teams that finished ranked in the Big Ten Conference. All those teams played New Year's Six Bowls. Michigan and Ohio State went to the college football playoff and unfortunately lost in their semifinal games. Penn State got to take home a Rose Bowl win and trophy. Two of the three teams had their coaches speak today at day one of Big Ten Media Days. Jim Harbaugh will be speaking tomorrow at day two of Big Ten Media Days. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, inspired this video with a question that he asked James Franklin today. And the question, and I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing here, was along the lines of, look, Michigan and Ohio State have built their offenses completely differently. And how do you respond to that? Like, how does Penn State and how do they prepare on offense and defense? How do they respond to Michigan and Ohio State and how the Wolverines and Buckeyes, despite taking different paths and different modes of operation and how they win games and how they dominate the conference, how do you prepare for those respective teams? And James Franklin went on to say that basically he is going to do things the Penn State way and do what Manny Diaz and Mike Yersich want to do on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, respectively, to respond to the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. Now, that's a really great question, as posed by Mike, Mark Rogers. Almost said Mike Rogers, pardon me. That's a phenomenal question, I think. It's an awesome question because Penn State is finally being talked about on the same level that Michigan and Ohio State are. Like, there's preseason hype, which is valid because of a monster at quarterback in Drew Aller, who's 240 pounds, like 6'4". I knew that beforehand, that he was big, physical, built like an NFL player, but it didn't register in my mind. And then when I heard those, you know, that information about him, his height and weight today, it finally registered. Like, his, his ceiling is probably limitless. It's understandable why there were Josh Allen comparisons made of him coming out of high school. They have Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen at running back. They have the number one offensive line prospect in Olu Fashanu. They have Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren at tight end. Defensively, don't even get me started. I love Kalen King. I love Abdul Carter, Adisa Isaac, Danny Dennis Sutton, Chop Robinson, and then at safety, we can't forget about Keaton Ellis either, or Johnny Dixon at corner, who will be overshadowed by Kalen King, but will be an elite corner nonetheless. Penn State has players. There is reason for hype. Absolute reason for it. And they're going to be a top 10 team. Penn State will be a top 10 team. However, James Franklin, last year and the year before that, was 0-2 in 2021 and in 2022, against the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. He's 0-4 since the COVID year. He all-time has below a 500 record 
against both Michigan and against Ohio State. His record against Ohio State, by the way, is bordering on just a 10% win percentage, which is abysmally low. It's That's like Jim Harbaugh pre-2021 level stuff. And against Michigan, he's proven he can beat Michigan, but it's about a 33% win percentage or so. Michigan and Ohio State, in conclusion to what I've been saying, and sort of what I think is the point of Mark Rogers' question, possibly, though I don't know this for sure, is basically Michigan and Ohio State have owned you for the past two seasons. They right now are at the top of the conference. Last year, last year, they clotheslined you and totally killed you in both of the games. Penn State actually played the Buckeyes and Wolverines closer in 2021 with their 7-6 and team, and got blown out by both of them with their 11-2 and team just last year. So what's James Franklin going to do about it? Is basically how I interpreted the question, and I think that is also an important question. What's Penn State going to do against Michigan and against Ohio State, and how are they going to adapt? How are they going to change their defensive scheme, their offensive scheme, to counteract the Buckeyes, and the Wolverines. What are they going to do? They're going to have to make changes because what happened in 2021 and 2022, if you want to win the Big Ten and you want to reach the college football playoff and you realistically want to win a college football playoff game or a national championship, can't happen. It just can't happen. You can't allow 400 rushing yards in a game. You can't do it. You cannot allow a team to score four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. You cannot allow that to happen. You just can't do it. You can't have four turnovers in a game against that same team, Ohio State. You can't do that. And to narrow it down even further, you can't throw three interceptions to defensive ends in a single game. You can't do that. You just cannot do those things. And Penn State is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm not here to tell you that theoretically, or just analyzing their roster, there's no way they can beat Ohio State or Michigan. They can. But football, you get one game. You typically get one shot. Unless it's Georgia-Alabama in 2021, where they faced off twice, or Michigan and Ohio State potentially last year if things went differently, and I think Michigan and Ohio State this year. I think Michigan and Ohio State are going to face off once in the game, once in the national championship game. They will do what they failed to do last year. And it's up to James Franklin and Penn State if they want to achieve at the highest level to stop that this year. And I know you can always say, well, there's next year. I know that I personally think that next year is a better opportunity for Penn State to break through. But if not now, when Franklin will be nearly in his 10th year with the program, if not now, then when? You have Drew Aller at quarterback, two elite running backs, an offensive line that has the potential to be elite and is elite at tackle, a defensive end room that will be deep. There will be plenty of rotational players. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nittany Lions led the conference in sacks, and a secondary that with Terry Smith, Anthony Poindexter, and whether it's Brent Pryor, Manny Diaz, the secondary will always be full of NFL players. 
as long as Terry Smith is there. And a team that develops players and puts them into the NFL. So what's Penn State going to do and what's Penn State's competition? What are they facing and what are they up against this season against Michigan and Ohio State? Penn State will probably be better than they were last year. They return both of their starting running backs and all the other players that I've mentioned now for probably the second or third time. They return a lot of studs, a lot of elite players. But Ohio State and Michigan return more elite players. Penn State's going to be playing one of these schools on the road, one of them at home, like they do every year. And the Big Ten should be deeper and stronger in 2023 than it was in 2022. In 2022, it truly was Michigan, Ohio State in Tier 1A, Penn State in Tier 1B, and every other team was in Tier 3 or maybe Tier 4 or lower. There was no Tier 2. The gap was that big. I don't think the gap will be quite that big this season. I think Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State certainly would make up your top three, though I think Wisconsin potentially could make the argument to make that a top four. But in the preseason, looking at things, it's probably Michigan, probably Ohio State, in Tier 1A at least, and Penn State and maybe Wisconsin in Tier 1B, but definitely Penn State right now has the better reputation, more staff continuity, they've recruited much better. So I definitely give them a nod in like a tier list over Wisconsin, in my opinion. But let's talk about Penn State and zone in on them specifically. Last year, their only two losses were to Michigan, who finished number three and 13-1, and one, and to Ohio State, who finished number four and 11-2. and two. The Nittany Lions were led by Sean Clifford. They had a revamped run game like no other. Penn State had, did not have a rushing attack like the one they had last year since 2018 and maybe since 2017 with Saquon Barkley. I mean, it was incredible when it worked. It was absolutely incredible. However, Michigan and Ohio State were the only two losses, and they weren't close losses. Michigan game especially, but even the Ohio State game, if you allow that many points in the fourth quarter, was the game really close? Or did Ohio State just wake up and do what it was supposed to do for the entire game? Penn State's ground game against both of these squads struggled mightily, and their defense did too. Against Michigan, they could not stop the run game, period, amen. Michigan was consistently opening up holes that were about as wide as a semi-truck. They were consistently opening up big holes for Blake Corm or Donovan Edwards or even C.J. Stokes to run through. C.J. Stokes is Michigan's third-string running back, and he rushed for more yards than Nicholas Singleton when Michigan and Penn State played each other. Penn State's offensive line and run game should not be that bad. C.J. Stokes is a good player, but Nicholas Singleton is elite. There's, there's no excuse for that. Against Ohio State, Penn State, avenges, or at least in theory fixes its problems on the ground. They limit Mayan Williams, they limit Travion Henderson outside of two long runs, which were at the end of the game, they kept Ohio State's ground game pretty quiet. But a secondary that finished number two in America, only behind Illinois, in defensive passing efficiency, gave up long passes to Ohio State wide receivers. 
Now, that would be every secondary in the nation. Look at what Ohio State did to Georgia. That isn't shaming Penn State there. It's just saying that in the biggest moments, even with the best players, or with elite players, they couldn't get the job done. Whether it was game management, whether it was preparation, whether it was physicality and toughness at the lines of scrimmage, Penn State wasn't up to par when it came to Michigan and Ohio State. And that was last year. Like Kirk Ferentz said today at Media Days, every year there's a new team. But what has Penn State done? Like Mark Rogers asked, like how have they approached the Michigan and Ohio State problem? And to me, and maybe I'm reading into this too much, after all it is just Media Days, and the coaches know a lot more than any of us do, how has James Franklin addressed this? And to a certain degree, I think he dodged the question, just saying we do things the Penn State way. Well, Michigan did things the Michigan way for a long time under Jim Harbaugh, and it didn't work. So you know what he did? He brought in Josh Gaddis, and that failed. So then he got Sharon Moore, and he realized, oh, I didn't have what I needed at the offensive line developmentally to do what I wanted to do against Ohio State. So then he adapted again, went back to his roots, and because Ohio State fell off a little bit on defense, he was able to go from being dominated by Ohio State to dominating Ohio State. It took Jim Harbaugh a while, and in retrospect, we can say it took him way too long. He nearly cost himself his job. He has a habit of getting in his way, but he, he, he answered the bell, and he responded, and he adapted, and now he's viewed as the best head coach in the Big Ten. His team's the unanimous preseason number two team behind Georgia, and I have them at number one, and there are others, though a very small bunch, who have them at number one as well. They're basically a unanimous top two team. It's them and Georgia viewed as their own tier. Some, I think, wisely have Ohio State in the same tier. I wouldn't count out the Buckeyes either, but we'll talk about those two teams more in detail in a few minutes here. Let's focus on Penn State. The Nittany Lions will have a top two tackle room and cornerback room in the Big Ten. I meant to add in the Big Ten there. I'm sorry about that. But I think you get the picture, because we're talking about the Big Ten here, mainly. Um, their linebackers will be elite, too. Same with their running backs and safeties. However, there are concerns at the interior of the offensive line, wide receiver, and defensive tackle. And I made a video that I will link down below, in case you guys are curious to know some more of my thoughts about Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, that basically says the reason why Michigan and Ohio State are so far ahead of the rest of the conference is their interior trench play. That's why they are at the top. That's why they're the apple that everyone's trying to reach after. They're, they're, at, the, they're at the top of the shelf. It's their interior trench play. The guards they have, Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan, Giovanni Elhadi for Michigan, and then for Ohio State, it's Donovan Jackson, it's Matthew Jones. Their center's going to be Carson Hinsman, and Jacob James, their backup center, will probably get some rotational playing time at guard or center, depending on injuries or poor performance. For Michigan at center, Drake Nugent is going to be an absolute stud. El Hadi will be a, a key backup. He'll be a key backup at guard, and he'll be one of the Big Ten's better guards despite being a backup. Ohio State and Michigan have recruited and nurtured well at guard. 
Michigan is set at tackle, much like Penn State, and Ohio State has questions there. But their tackle room will, I think, for sure improve as the season goes on, and it won't be bad. It will just be bad when you play against a defensive end room like Penn State or Michigan's. Penn State is safe at tackle. Kalen King is potentially the best cornerback in the nation, and that was last year, and he's returning for this year, where he'll be even better with another preseason of development. Defensive tackle was a weakness for Penn State last year. I've read comments by Penn State fans that have admitted this too. P.J. Mustafer never really recovered from his injury, and the defensive tackle room was undersized. But even with Hakeem Biaman and other players there, they are still inexperienced. There are question marks there. And Penn State's been known for being better at defensive end than defensive tackle. And that's, you know, defensive end's flashier, it gets more attention. I really like tackles, nose tackles, and interior offensive linemen. I mean, and that's, of course, because I'm a Michigan fan. But what Michigan and Ohio State have that separates them, and I explain that in the video I have linked down below, is their interior trench play. It really sets them apart. And Penn State has questions there. You know, Hunter Norzad at center. Average center, above average center, maybe good center, yeah. Great, elite, I think that would be stretching it. But he can prove me wrong. This is just preseason talk. Saturdays will decide how the season goes, who Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are, etc. This is just preseason talk. Michigan matches up better with Penn State, in my opinion. And Penn State, with that tackle problem for the Buckeyes that I just talked about a few seconds ago, I think Penn State actually matches up better with the Buckeyes this year. But there's some interesting counter-arguments to those. The Nittany Lions host the Wolverines, and Jim Harbaugh has two wins in Beaver Stadium against James Franklin, one in 2015, one in 2021. But he's had a blowout loss in 17, a bad loss in 19. He's 2-2 two two against James Franklin, 500 in Beaver Stadium. And I think he's 0-2, or I think 2015 was a whiteout game. I think he's 1-2 in whiteout games in Beaver Stadium, Jim Harbaugh is. Nonetheless, Penn State and James Franklin historically have had an easier time beating Jim Harbaugh, and Beaver Stadium, I think, is the best environment in college football. It's up there with Death Valley at LSU, and currently Sanford Stadium with George and how loud that is. It, it, it's on that level. Penn State, probably Penn State on the road versus Penn State at home, some might boldly say is a 10-point swing. It's a lot of points just from home field advantage. Penn State plays differently at home. That team feeds off of that crowd, and that student section is unmatched. So that plays to Penn State's advantage with Michigan, because if Michigan hosted Penn State again this year, I'd give Penn State no chance, matchup-wise. Michigan has the better roster. Their scheme matches up well with Penn State. That run game, and also Michigan's home field advantage, that'd be too much for Penn State to overcome. Penn State and James Franklin have never even competed or come close to beating Michigan in a full big house, excluding the COVID year, which was an empty stadium. Practically every game in that year was a neutral site. James Franklin and Penn State, I think, match up better with Ohio State, but the problem is Franklin is 1-8 versus Ohio State, and more importantly, the game is in Columbus, Ohio. 
and you know Ohio State's going to take Penn State seriously. Ryan Day is on a track to prove himself in his own right, just like James Franklin and even like Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh being 0-2 in the college football playoff, and with the whole NCAA suspension potentially looming, you don't think he's going to want to prove himself? So all three of these teams are going to be out for blood. These games will be entertaining. They'll be top 10 matchups. The whole world will have its eyes on the Michigan-Penn State, Michigan-Ohio State, and Ohio State-Penn State games. They just will. Finally, Penn State is number 56 in returning production, which is 8th in the Big Ten, and they return 11 All-Big Ten players, which is 3rd in that category. The Nittany Lions, I think, will be strong in pass rush and really total pass defense with their awesome corner room. Their defense will be top 10. I think their offense will be top 20, top 15. They'll be a top 10 team. I see them going anywhere from most likely 9-3 and three to 11-1. and one. I think their absolute floor would be 8-4 and four or 9-3 and three with a bowl loss, and their absolute ceiling would probably be going... I'm going to boldly say 14-1 and and either losing in the national title game or losing a regular season game but winning it all. They really do have that much talent. If Drew Aller immediately comes out and is like a Josh Allen, the O-line's elite, the defensive tackle room, what people say about it no longer being undersized turns out to be true, this team has that potential to, to reach and play at the highest level for sure. So tell me, before we dive into Michigan and Ohio State and that side of things, tell me how many wins and losses you think Penn State has this year. Tell me what you think about their defense and offense and how it matches up with Michigan down in the comments below. Also, make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I react to day two of Big Ten Media Days tomorrow. And if you haven't watched my reaction to day one of Big Ten Media Days, please click the link to that video down below in the description. Now to talk about the Michigan and Ohio State side of things. And again, the top two is for the Big Ten, though for Michigan and Ohio State, I think for running back and guard, I think they're top two nationally. Like, their running back room, if healthy, Ohio State's, I think, if healthy, is better than Penn State at running back. And guard... Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones and Zach Zinner and Trevor Keegan are only matched potentially by Georgia at guard, and I think the Buckeyes and Wolverines edge out Georgia at guard nationally. These two teams are incredible. As you can see, they're both in my top two in my preseason rankings, and it's the same for my power rankings. I think they're the two best teams in the Big Ten and the nation. They'll have the two best quarterbacks, running backs, centers, guards, wide receiver rooms, defensive tackles, linebackers, and safeties. Both will be top two in those categories in the Big Ten. Michigan, I also think, will be top two at corner, in my opinion. I think that with Will Johnson and Josh Wallace and Jaden McBurrows, they'll have a deep corner room. There will be some vulnerability there. Josh Wallace is a new player, and outside of Will Johnson, there isn't an elite player at corner. But Johnson could be the nation's best corner this year. I also think that Michigan will be top two in special teams, especially with James Turner coming in at kicker. The Buckeyes, on the other hand, along with the Wolverines, will also be top two in the Big Ten when it comes to staffs. I think that Michigan and Ohio State, they have some of the best defensive minds, offensive minds in the country. Their assistant coaching pools are deep. 
wide. They recruit well. Ohio State recruits better. I'd say Michigan develops better, and they kind of even each other out. If you combine these two teams, this would be one of the greatest teams of all time. If you combine the staffs, combined the players, and trimmed the excess fat. These are really good teams. I think Michigan in the regular season will go 13-0. They'll win the Big Ten, go undefeated again. But Ohio State has something to say about that. They'll enter the game 11-0. They will play Michigan close. They could win in Ann Arbor. It's, it's likely that that could happen. I'm not saying that I'd favor Ohio State to win. I'm picking Michigan. I think Michigan has the better chance to win. But there is a good chance, a great shot, for Ryan Day to be 2-2 two and two versus Jim Harbaugh instead of 1-3. Yes, this means that I have Penn State losing to these two teams again. And that's because, look, Michigan has the best running back room, offensive line, and defensive back room in the country, I think. And they're my number one team. And then Ohio State has the best wide receiver room and the best defensive tackle room nationally. And they're my number two team. And if Michigan's not number one, Ohio State slots in at number one. And then it would be Georgia. I think those three teams this year will be the tier one, the cream of the crop of college football. They're incredible. And Penn State, I think their time's 2024. And quite frankly, I don't think James Franklin has an answer. He kind of has to prove it to me before I say that he has an answer. Saying we do things the Penn State way. I get that you want to play into a team's identity. You want to keep it consistent. And also, to a certain degree, what he's saying is good and it's productive. Penn State's recruiting well at the offensive line right now. You look at their 2022, 2023, 2024 recruiting class, especially the 23 class with Birchmeyer and Williams, they're recruiting high ceiling studs out of high school at O-line. And I think you will see the fruits of that play off, especially on the interior. You You... You can tell by their recruiting that they are at least trying to address the weaknesses on the interior of the offensive line. But will it come through this year? I don't necessarily think so. And as much as Manny Diaz did at Miami when he was the defensive coordinator under Mark Richt, and as good as he did last year, fielding his first top 10 scoring defense in his career, I do think that his defense is a little bit gimmicky watching the Ohio State games, watching the Michigan game, and even like the Michigan State game, for example, and how Michigan State competed with Penn State for three quarters before Penn State put it away. I look at this team and I think there's just too much to overcome. Now, can they overcome it? Can they beat one of the Buckeyes or the Wolverines? Absolutely. I said the likely outcome of this team is 9-3 to 11-1. They can go 11-1. They can beat Michigan. They can beat Ohio State. My power rankings would say they, they have the best chance of beating Michigan compared to the Buckeyes. My gut tells me it's the inverse. I think that there's actually a better chance this year that Penn State goes on the road and beats Ohio State than beating Michigan at home just because they can exploit that tackle mismatch. And Penn State's defensive ends are good enough to steamroll through tackles that aren't great, and they have the corners to keep up with Ohio State's wide receivers. It was their secondary in Michigan's was were the only two secondaries last year that could keep up with Ohio State's wide receivers. And at the end of the day, the reason Michigan won and Penn State didn't is Michigan had 
the much better offense, and Michigan also had better defensive tackles. Plus, Ohio State had their running back room was more banged up against Michigan than it was Penn State. But anyway, I digress. Michigan's number five in returning production nationally, Ohio State's number 48. But the Buckeyes return more all Big Ten players. Michigan returns 12, the Buckeyes return 16. Michigan returns players like J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, their guards, Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan, and Giovanni Alhadi, who got significant playing time, along with tackle Trent A. Jones, who got significant playing time. They return Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson at wide receiver. They return Chris Jenkins at defensive tackle, Jalen Harrell at defensive end, Mason Graham at defensive tackle too, who got significant playing time as a backup. Junior Colson and Michael Barrett return at linebacker. And on the defensive back, they got Rod Moore, Makari Page, Will Johnson, and Mike Sander are still returning. All of those players are great players at worst, elite players at best. Now let's go to Ohio State. They return Travion Henderson, Mine Williams, Dallin Hayden, Chip Trainum at running back, all of whom got playing time. Good players at worst, elite players at best, if healthy. They return tight end Cade Stover. Their guards, Donovan Jackson, Matthew Jones. Their wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., who should have won the Bolitnikoff Award. Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming. Defensively, they get Jack Sawyer back, along with J.T. Tuimolau. Mike Hall, when healthy, is, I think, potentially the nation's best defensive tackle. They return Ty Hamilton and Tyleek Williams there, too. At linebacker, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers. At corner, noseback, safety. They're going to have Davison Igbenosin and Denzel Burke at corner. They're going to have Cameron Martinez, Lathan Ransom, and Josh Proctor at safety. But Jihad Carter will have something to say about the starting safety spots, too. Guys, these rosters I know close to the back of my hand. Same with Penn State's. Admittedly, I'd say... Michigan's and Ohio State's I might know a little better, but that's because I think these two teams are better as well. So I think for Penn State and the question that Mark Rogers poised, I think that what James Franklin is doing, just quite frankly, isn't good enough. It isn't good enough right now. And some of that is his fault. A lot of that is. Part of that, too, is the fact that Penn State simply returns less than these two teams do. And by the way they've recruited, the way they match up, and with their assistant coaches, Michigan and Ohio State just are at a better advantage. I think that Penn State will likely be a better team than they were last year, but their growth will be sidelined by Michigan and Ohio State, who I think will grow tremendously. And that's saying something, because they were top four teams already. So imagine how much better they will be when they tremendously grow from being number three and number four to number one and number two. The Nittany Lions can get it done, but I think that 2024 with an easier schedule is a better time. And I talked about this video today because Mark Rogers, I think, posed a really good question. Like, what are you doing? It's a, it's accountability. What are you doing to address the elephant in the room? How are you fixing what your job description says you need to fix? But ultimately, we'll see what James Franklin does this year. Only time and Saturdays and 60 minutes of football for 12 regular season games will tell us, and I cannot express how excited I am for that. So if you want to see good college football content, 
subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell and like this video. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.